Hello, you're listening to the Soccer Chaplains United podcast from the Touchline. I'm Rev Brad. Today, I've got a special treat for you. Pastor Kurt Trempert, one of the longest standing volunteer chaplains with Soccer Chaplains United, joins me on the podcast. Kurt is the volunteer chaplain for the Colorado Springs Switchbacks FC, and we are on site for the podcast at the brand new Widener Field, the new home stadium for the Switchbacks. So don't go anywhere. We open up right after this. He's found the space, and he's found the back of the net. Just a little off foot, thinking he's going to go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post, almost made him in, and they have... Second in his career, the third of the night, the hat trick hero. Talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. To the corner, goes towards the near post, and you're on the angle, and what a goal! What a goal! Kurt Tremper, welcome to the podcast, and folks, this is a special day, special occasion. It is. You know, we're here at Widener Field, uh, the home of the Switchbacks. The new home, brand new, new spanking home. Brand spanking new. Um, yeah, and they're still moving into their new home, and they got boxes everywhere trying to unpack and living out of boxes for a while. And so they're still trying to get settled into their new digs here, and it's just exciting to be a part of all this. Kurt and I are sitting in the press box. We're watching as a stadium... Really, uh, they're going through some final touches to get ready for the grand home opener this this Friday, playing New yeah. Mexico United. And so they've got the scoreboard yep. lit up. They're, they've got the electronic uh, sign boards across this, the way that we can see. There's a little bit of rain's falling right now. But, Kurt, this is, this is special because this is the new home for the Colorado Springs Switchbacks. Oh, and you've been with the team now. This Coming up on six years. This is six the sixth years. season. Yeah. Wow. Wow. There's, it's been exciting, you know, and, and honestly, they've been talking about this stadium for a long time uh, and eagerly anticipating and trying to get the funding together and finally have been able to do that. And this is just spectacular venue. Um, just all the lighting is spectacular. And on game days, they had their preseason game already, but it was just an electric atmosphere. <laughs> With all the lighting, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, I what I want to do, Kurt, is I want to talk through some of the different aspects of the new stadium, but kind of around the theme of um, going back to Wizard of Oz, there's no place like home, and uh, you being the pretty much longtime only chaplain for the Switchbacks, you have gotten used to the team and where they were playing. And so I want to talk about some of the differences because I think for some of our listeners, just understanding what this can mean for a city, for for a, a people, for a team, for a club, an organization, um, this means a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, it feels like they've grown up and got their own place. Uh, the old stadium was a lot of shared venue with the Parks and Rec, and now this is their own home. Mm. And so, no, this is this is their space. This is the team. This is where they are able to practice. This is where the locker rooms are. It's just been an incredible change in the mentality behind the team, much more pro- feeling more like a professional team than say something between amateur and professional sure sure and you mentioned locker rooms kurt and truthfully 
Uh, I've been to those locker rooms at the old stadium, the old ground, and they were really just trailers that were brought in and they felt really tight and confined. Yep. But now, legitimate locker rooms that are permanent. Yep. And again, a place you can call home. Yeah, great place. Uh, offices are also here, so they're able to do their fan support. So their previous offices, front offices, were downtown. And then the stadium was, you know, a good 20, 25-minute drive out to the east side of town from their offices. Now the offices, the front offices, as well as box office, as well as locker rooms are all housed it's in all the right stadium. It's, it's all, all right, right here. here. Wow. All right in downtown. And so there's just an electric excitement around the city about the buzz, about the city, about this stadium and uh, the the lifeblood that it's bringing to the south end of downtown. And so super excited about to see how it impacts the the climate, even downtown, the business climate, the uh, cultural climate downtown. Yeah, Kurt, you uh, you live downtown yourself. So tell us, what, what does a, a stadium like this kind of being plopped right downtown, what does this bring to um, Colorado Springs as a city? Well, short of parking issues, uh, <laughs> obviously that's going to be part of it. But it's it's just the idea that there's a place that you can have restaurants. That we're looking at one restaurant right across mm. the field from us. Eh? And so you can have restaurants that people can hang out at before games and after games and, uh, and then walk to the stadium. And it's pretty exciting to see all these restaurants and the benefit that they're going to receive from this as well as the benefit that the stadium it's really a symbiotic relationship between the stadium the club and the city yeah and I, i'm looking at an apartment complex over mm -hmm. there there's supposed to be one built here on what are we looking at is south this a, end the south end of the stadium there's maybe a couple other places is that a new hotel that's over a there? new hotel over there so so you start to see this uh emergence of life really yes. and and it all is within walking distance, which uh, I'm a Colorado native, I'm a Denver native, and Denver is not a great walking kind of place. Maybe the city itself, the urban area is, but a lot of Colorado is drive, 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 park your car. So this is this makes it a different vibe for Colorado Springs. Definitely different. Colorado Springs is also a driving city and uh, known for its wide streets and wide avenues. And, um, and so now we're transitioning in our downtown to be more of a walking cycling in fact mm. cycling is a huge part of this city and partly because usa cycling is here sure, and, sure. and so you have all this uh natural desire to cycle everywhere and particularly during the summer months which is a big part summer and fall in colorado's spectacular yeah, weather yeah. so people love to cycle everywhere they go downtown and uh, so we're starting to see a lot of that pop up as well and so being this close to downtown, to a lot of the new housing that's going in, uh, high-density housing, uh, it's really just generated a lot of interest and something to rally the city around. The slogan is, My City, My Team. And so we're seeing a lot of that pick up here in the with Cara Springs Switchbacks FC. And so it's pretty exciting to see that all happen. Yeah, Kurt, so at the would that be the northeast yes. part of the stadium? We have this uh, wonderful sculpture. Why don't you describe it for our listeners, and then it, you can look at the picture in the podcast, and it will uh, it'll kind of identify that. But we were just talking with Nick, the president of the club, and he was telling us about the sculpture a little bit. But why don't you tell us a little bit about what that is and and what it 
could mean what it does mean, perhaps? Yeah, and obviously with any sculpture, it's left to the interpretation. Sure, sure. Uh, but they spared no expense bringing in this <laughs> incredible sculpture and, and developing it with a local fabricator, by the way, who built this incredible globe or ball that sphere, sits in the middle, yeah, the what? sphere in the middle that can either represent the globe, the, the world sport, the global nature of soccer, um, as well as the fact that Colorado Springs desires to be a global city. Mm. And we do have global influence, partly because of the USOC, the U.S. Olympic Committee is based here in Colorado Springs, as well as the Air Force Academy, as well as some fairly major um, defense contractors sure, that sure. are housed here. So we have a global influence. So there's that, as well as the game of soccer, which is now our only true professional sport uh, here. Colorado Springs Switchbacks is the only true professional team here. And then it has the rings, which obviously are a nod to uh, the space influence that we have here sure. uh, as we control many of our satellites. Uh, defense satellites are controlled from here in Colorado Springs. Oh, I, I love as we drive by uh, Cheyenne Mountain, I love telling my kids all the mystery stories of NORAD <laughs> and what's yeah. really inside that mountain, Dad. You yeah. know, so, so that's plenty of fun for yeah. uh for us as a family, but yeah, nod to the space rings, maybe maybe an Olympic influence yep. as well. The Olympic, actually, from here you can pretty much just see the top of the Olympic uh, headquarters as well. And so this is just the the it's a nod to that. The Olympic Museum uh, is mm -hmm. just down. Just, I mean, is visible from the stadium as well. And so it's exciting to see all of that come together. And they're really complementing each other and complementarian as well as uh, just just really uh, just fulfilling this vision that people have of creating a city that is supportive of the of sports and athletics as well as having a global mindset yeah supportive of one another well yeah Kurt talk a little bit about how you think the difference between the stadium being 20 minutes to the east originally but now it's downtown do you think people are gonna latch onto this team in a much stronger way now that it's kind of it's right here it's it's right in our backyard it's hard to say colorado springs has always struggled to produce fan base if you mm. would for whether it's been hockey or uh, football air force academy football or whether it's uh baseball sky Sox baseball or whether it's now uh the switchbacks it's all Colorado springs as a culture has always struggled with that and a lot of it has to do with Colorado springs is so driven by people who want to do sports rather than be spectators uh, okay. and so that's always been a part of the culture now as Colorado springs grows we have a lot of people moving in transplants yeah. moving into Colorado springs and so I think uh, the newer people are getting excited about Colorado Springs switchbacks, probably more so than the people that have lived here for decades. Sure, sure. Yeah, you touched on something there. A lot of people in Colorado would rather be out in the mountains, yes. active themselves, than uh, sitting and watching a game. But I'm just thinking about the location now. This makes it a lot easier for people to kind of let this become part of their identity, especially if they identify it. Colorado Springs is my home, my new home. Um, and as you said, uh, there's a lot more people moving into the city now. Yeah, and they've done a really good job, Colorado Springs Switchbacks have, of promoting the team around the city with 
billboards and and obviously social media and trying to help people understand that to be a part of Colorado Springs is to also support the local businesses, not the least of which is our only true professional sports team here in town. Yeah, yeah. So, Kurt, walk us through kind of as we're looking at the stadium. There's a few elements still to be added. They're going to get some uh, canopy overhangs for certain parts of the the ground. Uh, those will be coming in a, a month or so. Um, but as a chaplain, as you look at this space and you start to identify, yeah, I'm going to be walking there. I'm going to be talking there. I'm going to have a conversation with so-and-so there or here's where the players walk out here's where the player benches are like for you what what does this sort of represent and how is it different from the space that you guys have kind of occupied for the last few years yeah I think probably the biggest thing is I'm, I'm gonna feel like I can move around the stadium and continue there's a concourse that goes completely around the stadium that you can mm. walk and still be a part of the game and the festivities and so at the preseason game it was great to just as we were walking around build have conversations with different people and run into different people that I've known for years through the club and just have conversations and around the concourse while we're watching the game and just enjoy just the incredible atmosphere um, as we're watching everything happen and unfold and still being a part of it. So I'm super excited about that opportunity where at the previous team there was just really no place to mm. congregate that you weren't in someone's way. Mm, sure, um, and sure. so now it's just the ability to get in and out of spaces is a lot better plus i love how close the fans are to the field i mean it's so exciting to really be a part of the action and uh, be a part of the 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 activities and during the game yeah i i like what you said there about the continuity of the stadium because i was out a few times at the old old ground and it was hard to get from one point to another you kind of had to cut through certain areas and you weren't Mm -hmm. sure if you could and and it, it you felt a little disconnected but um, I know for myself, when I'm when I'm starting uh, a game with the Rapids, I love to walk around the stadium. I pray. Uh, sometimes I encounter people, fans, or the part-time security guard who grabs me and says, "Hey, Rev, hey, can you pray? My son or daughter just got deployed, or they're mm-hmm. going off to university, or you yeah. know." So all those relational elements and components are there, and so it's nice to see that. Here you have this this bit of continuity there. And uh, it was neat to hear Nick also, the president, talk about some of the different features of the stadium. Let, let's talk about the lights for a minute. The yeah. lights are very different. Very cool. I mean, it's, it's exciting to see how they've designed the lights so that they're really not they don't create a lot of light noise with the apartment buildings that are all Hmm. around. Um, But you can see when you're driving the streets that there's a game happening. So you can see the lights from the street, but not when you're up in an apartment uh, per se around. The other piece about the exciting thing about the lights is that they're able to do a lot with LED lighting in the stadium. And because of the electrical background of Ed, the owner and Nick um, and their part in the whole laying out of the stadium, they made sure that they spared no expense on the lighting. Right, And the lighting is just spectacular. When there's a night game here, it's just going to be absolutely amazing. Display of LED light and and lighting up the sculpture, lighting up the stadium after goals, kickoff, all the sound, everything 
It has been designed to be a venue just in and of itself, regardless of whether it's a football game or whether it's a uh, um, a concert. They're yeah. going to be using it a lot. Y- you said concert, and I just saw an article in the Gazette, I think the Colorado Springs Gazette, that said this now becomes the largest concert concert venue for Colorado Springs. Just and and the ability with lighting. Mm-hmm. To uh, to put a band out here and and to do all sorts of things, this is going to be amazing for it the city. That is. is, yeah, yeah, super exciting. So, the transition that it's artificial turf was it? It was natural grass in the other field. Correct, right? correct. How's that? How do you think that impacts uh, the team? Well, considering how hard it is to grow grass in mm, Colorado sure. Springs at this <laughs> elevation when we have snow and, for instance. Today, there it's snowing just a couple miles from here in the yeah, mountains, you yeah. know, and so uh, it's it's exciting to see that the field, the pitch will always be in good shape. In fact, they have a new substrate under here. This is they have cork, so instead of rubber, they have cork oh, wow. put into the turf, and so it gives it more of a natural feel, uh, natural bounce to the ball and running as far as that goes. So they're really uh, taking care of their athletes, and they're also protecting the. The nature of the game that's obviously designed for natural turf, uh, but this this uh, field turf that they have here is just absolutely spectacular, wow. really state of the art. Yeah, I didn't get to see the uh, the preseason match, but I will be interested to see uh, some matches here in the future and just see uh, how the team does. Uh, let's talk about that for a sec, Kurt, because um, truthfully, I think right the athletes being out at uh, the other field, the the previous field and the stadium ground there. Not really a place you want to hang out. Not really a place you want to spend a lot of time. Kind of when you're done with training, you're done with the mm-hmm. game, you get changed and you go. Um, here, there's there's a different vibe for for sure. How do you think this will feel more like home for the for the athletes? Just Uh-oh. just from that perspective, it's huge. Uh, so I remember when they first set up their partnership with D1, uh, which is a training, uh, athletic training organization, uh, fitness training. And uh, they had kind of locker rooms there. Um, It was off-site, and the players would go there to get taped and get their massages and do their team meeting in the morning. And that was just such a step up from what it had been out at the stadium Mm. because now they had a place that they could gather but it was only for that brief bit before they left for training because they would all jump in cars and buses and go to training. And they would come back to that same spot at the end and tra- you know, mm. change okay. and then go. Everybody would get out of there. Um, and there was always this conflict over uh, whether their lockers, they were in the, the client's lockers or whether uh, they were in their locker okay. and all this yeah. and, and vacating quickly so that the clients of D1 could get in there. So now this is their own home, you know. Yeah. So it's like it's as if you know I don't know if you ever lived with had roommates, um, but in all that conflict around the kitchen, you know, hey, sure. this is, is this my barbecue <laughs> sauce or yours? Hey, and clean up your dishes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly that whole thing. Now there's none of that. It this is their home. This is theirs. They get <laughs> any mess that there is. It's theirs. It's sure. not somebody else's mess. That's true for the field, yeah. the pitch. That's true for the locker rooms. That's true for the stadium. Where before, again, because it was this weird partnership with Parks and Rec, uh, there was, and then also then with D1, it, it created all kinds of tension, right? Yeah. Where now, I mean, this is theirs. Yeah. And so it just becomes 
a great gathering place, especially for these really young players. USL players are so young. They need to be around the older players that are veterans. Yeah. And so there has to be a place where those guys can hang out, be have safe, a conversation, be safe, and yeah. feel like there's not going to be – they're not going to be told, hey – Get out of the locker room. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it makes it hard, especially in the USL and in the lower divisions of soccer here in the States because you move so often. You move so frequently, and, mm-hmm. and the places you move to, it's hard to feel like it's home at all. And now here's a stable place, a stable environment. Now, will the team be training here at the stadium as well? Is Part-time. part-time. Yeah, but depending on whether their game is, for instance, when they're going on a away game, they try and train at the old stadium where okay. there's grass. Uh, and Just so to get used to, to get, that. So they can play on grass, okay. train on grass. For, so there's still there's still a usefulness to, yes. to the old ground? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So they still use that for whenever they need to train on grass. And then when they have good weather day, they obviously train here on this pitch. Yeah. Now, Kurt, just driving around the stadium today, I've noticed, you know, you've got a mix. And, and you can tell, like, there's some older homes. This is an older part of, of the spring still. And so as we go a little bit to the south here of the stadium, um, what what's going to happen here? Because typically gentrification type things happen. We have issues. There's... Uh, I think I saw, is it Salvation Army or, or there's a, a rescue kind of shelter kind of place not too far, maybe a couple blocks from the stadium. Do you have a sense that maybe there's a push out or do you feel like, no, there might be an integration of of people in, in the space? Well, I certainly hope that there's some integration, uh, partly because the Springs Rescue Mission is just down the street. Okay. And yeah. uh, when... The switchbacks first started here in the Springs. Uh, Springs Rescue Mission actually helped out with furnishing mm. some apartments and things like that for uh, the switchbacks players. So, and it was great to be a part of that partnership between those two organizations. And so now, interestingly enough, mm. they're really close to each other. I mean, sure. They can throw a rock and hit each other. There's also the Salvation Army uh, um, and uh, shelter that is just a couple blocks away. And there has been talk about uh, the gentrification of south, so, you know, southern downtown Soto. And as this develops, uh, most of it is private, so and some of it is state-funded. So, um, you know, as with anything, there's always a gentrification that happens. I just hope that it doesn't have a negative impact on the those families that are uh, renting in these areas, those are the ones. The poor families are the ones that They're are going to be affected. The most. Sure, yeah. sure. So obviously, the homeowners are thrilled, right? Um, and their values, are yeah, going their up. values are going up. But as far as the, um, yeah, those who are renting, they're they're going to be looking for new places here soon. Does does this allow you a space to even, maybe with the athletes, maybe with the front office, to say? Hey, look, here are your neighbors. Mm. How do we love our neighbors? As a chaplain, does this allow you a space to start serving neighbor, loving a neighbor that maybe we wouldn't even consider as neighbor? I would hope so. I would hope that, I mean, the switchbacks have been really good about reaching into the southeast part of Cara Springs. Okay. uh, Partly because... And they do community things, right? They'll go out, visit hospitals they'll do some work with inner city stuff yes okay so they do they do things to try and develop that relationship with partly because the ethnic communities tend to be the bigger supporters of soccer right Uh, football so it's uh but 
what we're looking at right next to us are not so much ethnic communities as much as it's the it's more of the people who are not um i mean the white uh most of them are white uh people who have been in the springs for decades um but maybe have you know never done well financially okay and so most of the neighborhood to the south of us is, is are people who used to whose grandpa worked at the steel the steel mill that was right here, or worked at the power plant which is right behind us. So it's uh, or the lumber yard that used to be across the street. So it was this was definitely an industrial part of town that, and then the housing reflected that. Sure. So that's sure. so we'll see how that plays out as these new apartments grow around because people are going to this is desirable homes now yeah. where for a long time they were not sure so, and the then the lumber i don't know if you heard could hear it on the podcast but the train just went yeah by. the train just went so <laughs> the train is what directly great, behind yeah, the stadium uh, too, i, I so, just think yeah. great uh you know it's funny because when i'm at home trying to record the podcast i i yell at the kids hey be quiet but you know <laughs> just taking in the atmosphere here uh if we're quiet, even maybe you hear the rain that's falling that we can kind of see. And mm-hmm. Friday's forecast is supposed to be great. But let's talk a little bit about the opponent coming in, New Mexico United. And uh, I, I don't know, maybe if you've uh, spoken to uh, the the United chaplain, Clint Moore, at all. And, no. and maybe you guys have a little friendly wager on the game. <laughs> maybe uh, someone's going to have to wear the other's jersey. But uh yeah, I was I was saying to Nick like way to bring in a tough opponent yeah. for, for the home for opener. the home opener, but uh, what a yeah. what a great environment! It is a great environment for that, and it's super exciting. I one of my first away games with with the Switchbacks, I was able to travel down to, to watch the U, Mexico United game and. And oh my goodness, what an atmosphere! Oh, they their fans that. are They're crazy, unbelievable. <laughs> In fact, and they travel so well. They bring. Yeah. I mean, every time at the old stadium, their fans would typically be louder than the whole stadium sure, of sure. our fans. And so, <laughs> and they, and so it's just a, a they've they've put it, put together an incredible fan base. And again, it's the only real professional right. team for. I mean, they have a they have a a, a AAA baseball team. Okay. But and then they have well, the New Mexico is, United. Yeah, 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 but as far as professional teams, sure, that's sure. it for all that's of it. New Mexico. Yeah. And so the entire state and they've so on. Oh man, they have totally latched on and they travel. It's only, you know, what, 6 hours away and they travel really well. In fact, last year they had their only home game during COVID was here in Colorado Springs because the oh, right, because of the New state Mexi- laws. Yeah, yeah, New Mexico had a law that you couldn't have any uh, sporting event, uh, home sporting event. And so, yeah, so they basically they traveled here wow. and had their only home game at the end of their season last fall wow. here here at, at the old stadium, but they they packed the place out with sure. their fans wow. and it was pretty it's amazing to see how many people came up so yeah i i've loved the development of soccer all up and down i-25 oh, yeah. so so now uh and at least for soccer chaplains united it's been great we've got rapids we have a ch- we have chaplains there switchbacks new mexico united el paso locomotive and so uh i don't know maybe we need to have an interstate chaplain rivalry or something i don't <laughs> nice. know uh, we'll, yeah, we'll have to find fun. something now that all of us old men uh you know our backs <laughs> and everything else are, are creaking and tweaking a little bit more so yeah well um kurt what what else strikes you about the new home ground the new home stadium for the switchbacks is there anything else that you 
you might point out to me as kind of we're surveying here from the press box and you say, hey, it's important to realize this. I mean, Nick mentioned the foundry, which you, you briefly mm-hmm. touched on, but the foundry used to be the sort of the steel mill, right? Steel mm-hmm. production used to happen right here. And so what a what a great attribute that the sculpture can kind of be connected to that in some ways. But any anything else that you would say, hey, Brad, if you want to know, because I think we see this in scripture, right? We see mm-hmm. the importance of place. And whether it's Abraham going up on a mountaintop, whether it's um, what, whatever's gone on, place has, there's an importance to it. Um, what would you say is the importance of this place from your, if you were to put chaplain, pastor perspective onto this? Well, yeah, I mean, I think the, the importance is that you, we are called to pray for the blessing of the city mm-hmm. that we are in. And I think that goes for team that we work with as well. I pray for the blessing of the Switchbacks FC all, all the time and for the players because not just because it's fun and to be a part of that, but because it's a mandate from Scripture. I think the other piece is that this is a indication of God's blessing on the city, if you would. And so I'm not saying that because we have a stadium, it's God's blessing. I'm just saying that it, it just reminds us that you pray for the cities. Um, where people are gathered together because it's a statement. Cities are a demonstration of how people interact with each mm. other. And from the earliest time, people gathered together. From the time of Cain, yeah, people yeah. started to gather together in cities, right? And, and, and when we look at the end of Scripture, we see that city the story a, yeah. ends in a city, right? That's right. And, and a people gathered yeah. and God dwelling in their Absolutely. midst. And so, yeah, yeah, what a way to, we've got to prepare yeah. ourselves. Yeah. And Colorado Springs is such an up-and-coming city. They say by 2030, it's going to be the largest city in Colorado. Wow. And so just thinking about that in the sense that probably not the largest metro area, um, but it's just thinking about how the city is growing and how people are starting to identify themselves with this city. Hmm. Um, And so downtown is Colorado Springs is definitely the legal center, the financial center, the cultural center. The art center, um, it's and now it's the sports center mm, of yeah. the city, and so I think it's super important to think with the Olympic Museum and then also now with the stadium right here, and so this is hugely important for the sake of saying this city as a center, as a central part of the city. How can we be a blessing to this part of the city? And so for me, having being a downtown pastor and living downtown, to have the stadium here is super exciting. Uh, not because it shortens my commute, uh, <laughs> although that is a plus. That's helpful. Uh, very, very helpful. But it, just the idea of just being in the city and for the city has always been my desire as a pastor. And so now the stadium being here just makes it all that more real. Kurt, what a great note to kind of close the podcast today. And so as we close, what I want to ask you to do is just kind of to pray a blessing. Yes, over Friday's home match and the grand home opener. Pray pray that, but pray too that somehow God might use yourself, others, this stadium, the uh, the uh, the Reagan family, the ownership group, that those kind of connected in with this organization in some way to be a blessing to the city and to Absolutely. others. Would would you pray and end us that way? I would love way? to do that. Thank you Thanks. for the privilege. God, we just come before you. And we thank you for 
Carter Springs Switchbacks. And Lord, we just pray that you would just bless the organization as a whole as they seek to be a blessing to the city. Lord, I pray that you bless the Reagan family, Lord, from Ed uh, to Rachel and Nick and James as they participate in the leadership and the direction of the city. Lord, we just uh, continue to just pray for your blessing upon all of the Reagans, Lord, as they seek to lead this organization well. And God, I pray for Widener, family, the organization as they have sponsored the stadium mm-hmm. and as they're investing in a huge apartment complex, Lord, I pray that uh, that they would be invested in the city. Though, Lord, I pray that they would, as they build these apartment buildings, Lord, that as they bless the city with uh, more housing, Lord, I pray that they would not neglect the responsibility to provide some low-income housing in the same vein, in the same building. And Lord, I just pray that you would just continue to develop uh, the housing around this area. Lord, I pray that this stadium would not be something that's viewed as something that's against the poor, but Lord, that the poor around the stadium would see this as something that's raising the tide of the economy here in the city, where they work, where they live, and where they play. And God, I pray that you would just bless this city. Lord, I pray that people would desperately seek after you. As they come together, pray that your gospel would go forth. The good news of who you are, God, would be proclaimed. And Lord, I pray that people who are called by your name in the city would take responsibility to bless this city, to bless this team, and to just bless one another. So Lord, we ask, Almighty God, that you would just be when everything that happens this weekend, Lord, I pray that you'd give uh, Nick and James particularly incredible peace about all the different piece, uh, pieces that need to come together um, for this weekend. And Lord, I just pray that, uh, Lord, I pray that the switchbacks do really well. And Lord, I pray that they win in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, hey, everyone, this is Rev Brad coming d- to you from Widener Field and from the Touchline, along with my good friend, good friend, Kurt Trempert. So Kurt, thank you again. Thanks, Brad. Thanks for having me.